Welcome to Word from the Mountaintop, a weekly inspirational podcast brought to you from the Mountain Luther Parish. Today's Word of the Lord will be shared by Pastor Jason or Pastor Jess Felici. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 13th chapter. Jesus put before the crowds another parable. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to someone who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was asleep, an enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared as well. And the slaves of the householder came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. The slaves said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he replied, No, for in gathering the weeds you would uproot the wheat along with them. Let both of them grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers, Collect the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Then he left the crowds and went into the house, and his disciples approached him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field. He answered, The one who sows the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world, and the good seed are the children of the kingdom. The weeds are the children of the evil one, and the enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are collected and burned up with fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The son of man will send his angels, And they will collect out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all evildoers. And they they will throw them into the furnace of fire, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Let anyone who has ears listen. This is the gospel of our Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. In the past, this gospel text has always come up at the perfect time for a great sermon illustration from my house. Because at this point in the summer, mid-July, the weeds have usually completely taken our garden over. A week away at church camp and a week of vacation. By this time, we have a garden full of weeds with a few plants trying to hang on to their place in the garden. But this year, this year, this year I can say that Pastor Jess and I have beat the weeds so far. Between no camp, no week-long summer vacation, and a good layer of garden fabric, the weeds are not winning the war this summer. A lot of crummy things have happened in 2020, but our garden is one bright spot among all the other things that are not so great. Now, out in the Midwest... 
our interns are from Nebraska, so I had to I had to talk about the Midwest today. Weeds, and more specifically, a weed killer, is the talk of all the farmers. No, okay. A judge, I believe in Minnesota. I mean, it was a Lutheran pastor that said this, so there's a 40% chance it was in Minnesota, right? A judge halted the permit for the use of a controversial weed killer called dicamba. Maybe you use this for some of our farmers, dicamba. It's a chemical that can be used to kill weeds in fields of genetically modified soybeans. Genetically modified being the key words. Because these particular soybeans have been genetically modified to stand up to the use of dicamba. Now, all our farmers in the congregation might be asking, well then what's so controversial about this product if the plants are genetically modified to handle the chemical? Well, it's not what it does in the fields of those soybeans that can hold up to the chemical that's the problem. It's what it does when it drifts into the fields of all kinds of plants that are not genetically modified to hold up to it. Something they even have a name for. It's called dicamba drift. Dicamba drift. You know it's bad when they already have a name for it. The drift takes out parts of other farmers' fields, killing both the weeds, but also the other good plants and good produce. Some farmers have even lost trees to dicamba. One can only imagine the anxiety and the anger and the dissension that could arise in a community where this was happening amongst the farms. Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where then did these weeds come from? The weeds were not a part of the original plan. I think about how our garden looks that first day, right after all the plants have been planted. The soil is all broken up. No weeds, just those little plants with two or three leaves and so much potential. For me, that has to be what God looked and saw on the earth when it was created. This beautiful place, ordered, prepared, nurtured, full of potential. And then came Adam and Eve, and that darn apple. That brokenness that we experience in the creation story is like the weeds coming into this field. The master did not sow with the intention of weeds coming up. That was the work of evil, Jesus says. Good and evil co-mingle in this field of crops 
that Jesus describes as the kingdom of heaven in the parable. And we, ever the go-getters, good students of Scripture, confirmed Lutherans, and family members of confirmed Lutherans, we look at this text and we want to yell at Jesus, well, let's just pull the weeds. And I've said that before. As I looked around our house, and saw our landscaping getting out of control. Well, let's just pull the weeds. Seems like a simple enough solution to make the kingdom of heaven a little bit better of a place. But of course, the one time that I did that in our landscaping, I proceeded to weed untold numbers of Pastor Jess's sunflowers. You might have heard this story. 97 sunflowers to be exact that she had planted all the way around our house. This story is legendary, but not in a good way. I did such a good job weeding that only three of the 100 sunflower seeds came up that summer. I've never been as successful at weeding since. That is not the kind of production that Jesus wants or expects in the kingdom of heaven. And that really frustrates us because it means that good and evil co-mingle in the kingdom. It means the world is not perfect. It means the church is not perfect. It means we the people of God are not perfect. We can never fully weed the garden. And if we do, Jesus warns us that we will also pull up the good plants as well. But the danger is, we think we can get good at this type of weed removal. Right? So good that we start pulling sunflowers. And how many times have we thought, well, if this one person wasn't in the church, well, how much better would it be then? Or if we just changed one thing about our service, Pastor Jason wouldn't go on and on and on and on and on. Well, then everybody would be happy. We'd have people breaking down the doors when the appropriate time comes to break them down. And we get so focused on removing the weeds, right? We can see every little weed. And when we do that, and we try to pull the weeds and constantly prune and pick and pull, we eventually get to the point that we embrace something like dicamba for the church, or our lives, or our world. And when we do that, we don't even recognize the collateral damage what it might be doing to the fields and the produce of our neighbor. This is the paradox of God's kingdom. It's already 
but not yet. And the not yet part means that it is not yet perfect. It is not yet fulfilled. It is not yet fully good. And as long as we're on the road toward that day, there will be evil among us and even within us. That's what it means to be a saint and a sinner. It means that we will fall. We will do the wrong thing. And yet, we won't be pulled and thrown from the garden. We will be allowed to remain, to continue growing toward a fuller maturity in Christ. That might be a strange way for Jesus to get around to the grace of this passage. And sometimes it's right out front. Like in Romans when Paul says, you are saved by grace through faith, apart from works. But then other times, grace is like, well, you might be a weed, but you won't be pulled up yet. Grace is Jesus proclaiming that the good and the evil grow side by side in the kingdom. And he promises that even when the weeds appear to be winning, they aren't. Even when the weeds appear to be taking over the garden, they're not. Because we know that when the story ends, the good seed produces an abundance of fruit. Our job then is not to pull what we think are the weeds. Instead, it is to grow in grace and pray for the Spirit to produce in us and amongst the kingdom good fruit. The promise is that the judgment will come. Judgment's been given such a negative connotation sometimes in Lutheran circles that we get a little antsy when we hear it. But Jesus promises that the judgment will come. The weeds and the wheat will be separated. Does that give us hope? Or does it bring us fear? Well, if it's the latter, then lean into the word of grace and forgiveness that Jesus has given us in Jesus. Know that in Jesus your sins are forgiven and that you have been claimed as a child of God. When the harvest comes, the kingdom will come in its fullness and it will be nothing but good things and good fruit for God's people. That is the positive promise of judgment. This is our hope that God will remove everything that is evil, that is wrong, that was not intended at creation so that we might live in bliss and in glory with God.
But in the meantime, let's water the garden, tend to the plants, and leave the weeding for the time when God comes to usher in that great and glorious day. Thanks be to God. Amen.